0: Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. This episode will be a two-part episode today. Um,
1: Dr. Daniels, welcome to the show. Good good, good day to you and good day to everyone that follows us and keeps track. Uh, It's uh, always a pleasure. Uh, I know lately we've had a lot of feedback, which is uh, always good as well. So uh, I'm glad the people out there listening and have concerns and I appreciate the feedback coming in. Yes. So the topic today
0: is um, somewhat based on the feedback. You know, we already know that a lot of people out there that support us because we hear the comments to us verbally when we're in the street at supermarkets. You know, just living every, our everyday lives. Um, but you know, online we got those people, uh, Dr. Daniels, what I call thumb thuggers, mm-hmm. who like to post negative comments um, or that, it's a it's a comment wrapped in a question. Mm-hmm. It starts out as a question and it turns up to being them just making a statement. But so the topic today I want to talk about was haters. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing about it, Dr. Daniel, everybody, if you're living on Earth, now I don't know what on planet Xenon or whatever, but on Earth, you're gonna encounter some haters. Right. So what I want to talk to you, Dr. Daniel, is about how the Bible tells us to handle haters and how how we can incorporate that in our everyday lives. And then also the definition of when does
1: criticism or critical feedback turn mm-hmm. into just plain, old just hate. Uh, that, that's a great question. Uh, let me say that starting out. It's a great question and it is a delicate line, you know, to, mm-hmm. to distinguish between, let, let me give you three biblical examples of haters. And then I'll kind of give us something to work with. Okay. Right. Uh, the fir- I guess the first example we have of a hater, uh, is in the book of Genesis, where you have two brothers, you know, you have Cain and Abel, and, and they have been taught h- how to worship and how to please God. And so Abel follows the advice that his father has given him, and he, he gives the offering that is pleasing to God, whereas with Cain, Cain does what he thinks is best and that offering is not pleasing to God. And so because of that, Cain gets upset with Abel. So he is upset with the wrong individual. Right. He's mad at Abel for pleasing God, but he's not mad at, at God uh, when God is the one that's not pleased with him. So he becomes a hater of his own brother. He hates him so much that he does the ultimate hate. He kills him. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's one hater situation. Right. Just because you're jealous of what another person has done to please someone else. Uh, then uh, if, you know, and there's several examples, but I'm just gonna stick to a couple of ones that really are, you know, salient. Then you have one, uh, another group of brothers, uh, Joseph being one of the, uh, one brother. He has 10 other brothers where in this um, in- incident, Joseph receives uh, or he, he feels he gets some kind of indication from God and he feels that he is special. And so he actually believes that there is a special anointing on his life and that he will become a very prominent individual. And so he he expresses that to his brothers. Mm-hmm. And again, they get upset because their thought process is, how can you who is younger tell us you're going to be greater than us? And so they began again to hate in that regard, right. and because they hate him so much, they sailed him into slavery. <laughs> okay, right. Now, the, the third incident I'll just throw out at you is 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 um, uh, actually the, the apostles of Christ. Right, you have Peter and you have John, and 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 John has a close relationship with Jesus, and and even though Peter has one too, uh, Jesus tends to coddle John more than he does Peter, because he knows their personalities and he recognizes that John I have to treat, I need to treat him more gentle than I right. treat Peter. Right. And so Peter becomes jealous of that, right. right? And begins to hate on John because of John's relationship with, with, with Jesus. And so that is based on a relationship kind of thing that is it, it, not so much a jealousy of what John has done, but jealousy of John's position. And so the, the Bible tends to look at that, the, the, um, the I guess the genesis of most of the the haterism, if we would call it that, right. is the result of jealousy. Uh, that when when we get to the point where we are jealous about an individual for various reasons, and so therefore uh, that comes out as a criticism that's so harsh, it really is you know a hater's attitude.
0: Right. Yeah. So, and, it, and it, the the funny thing about it is. And each one of those instances in the the Bible where the hate took place, it followed something great. Mm -hmm. It's like it it almost what, what was needed for them to be great. That had to happen first. So I'm asking this question. In order to to be successful, do you have to have somebody in the wings hating on you to
1: propel it? It's like it's almost like it's a like a a fuel to it. Well, I won't say that haters propel excellence. What I will say is excellence reveals haters. Gotcha. You know that 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 if you if you have no haters, then probably you ain't doing. <laughs> you aren't doing a whole lot, right. right? Because it's difficult to be successful and people not be jealous. It's, it's extremely difficult because most of us don't like the idea of supporting people that we think ought to be equal to us, but yet they have obtained a greater status than us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and so that 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 that's the thing. So that that's why you know to me. Um, if you look at how these people handle haters, you know, all of them handle handled it in different ways. Okay. Uh, unfortunately for Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel. So we don't get an appreciation for everything he did as far as, you know, dealing with his brother Cain. Right. We do know from Joseph how he handled his haters. And and, and so in Joseph's case, he treated his haters with more love mm-hmm. because his idea was that what you are doing in showing me hatred, you may think is bad, but right. I know that God is doing this for all of our good. Right. So even though they sold him into slavery and they did all kinds of things against him, his point was that was God's plan. Right. And so without your hating, I wouldn't have been here. I wouldn't have been able to protect you and the family and those kind of things. So his idea was to show more love The more folks showed hate. Yeah, you know, which is hard to do. Yeah, it it is. It is hard to show so people love when you know they hating on you. Absolutely. And so I think for him, what we learned, what I learned from his incident is this: he didn't focus on the haters of his brothers. What he focused on was his belief that. No matter what happened to him, God was in control. Right. So for the believer, I think the way that we can deal with the hater is to not focus on the hater, but focus on the fact that, hey, if they are doing something detrimental to me in their hate hating, God is in control. And so, therefore, nothing that they do can stop my progress. But in fact, as you said, it may tend to fuel my progress because their hating may trigger some other things and put other things into motion that you know caused me to be recognized more by somebody else and help me go forward so in a sense we spent
0: too much time focusing on the hater itself the individual person yes you know um and even acknowledging it you know it's it's because when you're doing that every time all the time that you spent doing that, you're not spending time focusing on what you're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. and what God is
1: trying to do for you because you're too busy focusing on what the devil wants you to focus on. Right. And and that's the key. You know, see, the hater can't enjoy their life because they're focusing on your success. Right. Now, if you focus on the hater, you can't enjoy your success. Because you're focusing on those who now, are, you know, are hating on you because of your success. And so to me, you know, the, the, the thing to do is to uh, be thankful for the haters, because if if I didn't have haters, I, let me say it this way. Everybody needs a, a, a barometer in life to let them know that they have achieved Something, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're great in football, professional football when 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 you get voted into the Hall of Fame. Right. And in in, in any sport, basically. Right. right? right. Or you see some kind of accolade. You, You know, you are a great actor or actress when you get the Oscar. Right. Right. I know I have achieved something. By the number of haters that I have. <laughs> so, wow. so, so the more haters I have, that that's kind of like that Oscar. You know, like, wow, I, if I only got one Oscar, if I only got one hater, I did one thing. Great. Right. The more haters I got, the more Oscars I have. The, you know, the, 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 the more I know that what I'm doing is having a positive impact. Because what you can bank on is this. People don't hate on people who they view as being less than them. Or people who are making a lot of mistakes. They don't hate on people who like making a lot of mistakes. They feel sorry for them. They may talk about them, right. but they don't hate on them. Right. You know, it's it's interesting that <laughs>
0: is if you keep living and you keep doing positive things, people just come up and this random negative stuff starts happening. or Not starts happening, but people start saying things. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the point of just flat out just lying on you. Right. Yeah, and that's the part that really... That I really don't understand mm-hmm. um, is why would you just flat out tell a lie on me when I have done haven't done anything to you? Mm-hmm. I get it, Pastor. Right. I get we're it. We're if we're I was trying to discredit, <laughs> right now, if 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 me and you was beefing and you went out told a lie, I get it. We right. beefing, mm-hmm. but if I don't know you, you come to my establishment and then you leave and don't say nothing to me and then go online mm-hmm. type everything up about how everything was nasty the place was not clean I'm looking at the place place clean and everything like why do people do that
1: you know again I you know I I, I if I look at the examples I just gave you in the Bible, right? Um, because that's what Joseph's brothers did to him in right. a sense, right? They, they, they lied to his father on him for, for no reason. And, and not only him, there were other people in Joseph's life, you know, they did the same thing. They lied on him for no reason. Now, in their, in the, in the liar's mind, they had a valid reason. Okay. And here's what I think it is, is that many people feel that your failure is their success, mm. you know? Right. That, and so that's how they gauge their own success. And so that to them is like getting an Oscar when they can bring you down, right. you know, for, for various reasons. And here's what a wise woman said to me. Her name was Sadie Walton. She lived to be over a hundred years old. And here's what she said to me. She said, know this, that people will always lie on you. Your job is not to try to stop them from lying. Your job is to make sure their lie never becomes true. Gotcha. You know, that that was her position. Because she said in the end, every lie will come to the surface. Every lie will come to the surface. And I find that true about myself, you know, that there have been times when people have placed things on Facebook that are incorrect about me as an individual and how I do things. Right. And first people have come to me and say, did you read this on Facebook? And I'm no, I didn't because that's not where I'm at. You know, I'm not right. into that kind of stuff. But inevitably, what will happen is down the road, somebody will come to me and say, I knew that couldn't have been true. And I say, well, why? What are you talking about? And they say, because I know this how I know you're this way or I know you that way. I've watched you since I saw that post to see how you were as a person. And you've never exhibited that kind of behavior. Right. And so that's why I kind of I kind of think that Mrs. Walton, again, lived to be over 100 years old, wise woman, was correct in her assessment that it is not how much they lie. It's whether or not you become uh, or you validate their lie by mm-hmm. doing what they said, you done, you know, that you have done or all come close to it. Uh, so I think that's, that's the key for me anyway. That's how I kind of look at it. I just switch gears here. The same subject. Mm-hmm. For, now let's talk
0: about people who generally believe that their criticism it, that is, that they need to give it. Mm-hmm. And at what point does the criticism go from you know, critical feedback mm-hmm. to just plain old flat out just hate?
1: Here's what I would say: we have to ask ourselves, does this criticism correct an error? Does this criticism make me better? Uh, Does this criticism just attack what I have done, Mm -hmm. you know, now, if you tell me I am wrong, let's say, then you also need to tell me what is right. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) because just to say I'm wrong, your opinion and it may be valid. But if you can't lead me to the road of rightness, then to me, that's haterism, right? That's haterade with a double <laughs> dose, okay? Right. Uh, because if, 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 if the other thing, too, if my goal is to make you a better individual, then I guess what we call criticism, we, we like to call it constructive criticism, I guess at times. Right. You won't even feel like I'm criticizing you. If that's my goal. Right. You know, if that's my goal, then what I'm trying to do is educate you on, on something. Instead of being educating and criticizing is to educate, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and I think that's a key difference. People who are haters, generally speaking, when they are coming to you and hating, hating on you to you, you know, mm-hmm. as an individual. Right. what they tend to do is not tell you what would be better, but just tell you why you're so bad. And why mm-hmm. what you did was so bad, and mm-hmm. why it wouldn't work, or or why you know you were hypocritical, and all this kind of stuff, you right. know. And and um, I find that you know if you want to call me hypocritical, you got to explain to me why I'm a hypocrite. What, what did I do? Right. And 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 how did it adversely impact you? And how do you know that it's hypocritical? Because um, how do you know how I feel or how I act? You know, like for example, you know, a person may. Uh, say I'm use, use, using this as just an example. A right. person may say a Christian is a hypocrite because they see the Christian at a club, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm a hypocrite because you see me at the club. Because what we, in order for me to be a hypocrite, I must have expoused to other people that going to a club is sinful, right? And if I've never said that going to a club is sinful, and you see me at a club, I'm not being a hypocrite. Now I may be wrong. <laughs> But right. I'm not a hypocrite. Right. Because a hypocrite means I'm saying one thing, I'm doing another. Right. But a person may see you at the club and say, look at that big old hypocrite. Call right. themselves a Christian at the club dancing just like I'm dancing. Right. No, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. They just make me a Christian at the club. Right. Right. And so if you're trying to help me, let's say you are trying to help me and and rather than hate on me, uh, then why wouldn't you just come to me and say, Hey, my brother, look, I'm just letting you know now that um, you know, there are many people that realize you are the pastor of a church. And so when they see you here, right, they, they kind of question whether or not, you know, your preaching uh, is from the heart or if you just in it for the money. Right. OK, then, you know, that I, I can work, I, I can work with that. Right. I can work with that because you didn't down me. You just told me a fact about that's what people may think. Then I can make the assessment and say, well, you know what you write. Let me sneak on out of here and go right. back home and watch, you know, TV or something. Right. Or I can just stay there and do what I'm doing and say, hey, listen, brother, my beliefs are that, it's okay for me to be here in the club dancing with my wife. Right. You know, uh, but people tend to, as you as you said earlier, is that that's not how they, they kind of do things. They're not going to come up to me. You know what they're going to do?
0: Go to somebody else.
1: Right. They're going to somebody else. And that's, and that's the thing that really
0: irks me <laughs> mm-hmm. is I if you're in high school, I get it. You ain't wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you, a grown adult, and you feel you close enough to that person to, you know, mm-hmm. if you're an acquaintance and you feel, and you feel that versus turning to the person that's at your table that you, when you at the club mm-hmm. and saying, hey, let's go the Daniels over there. He really getting down. I'm to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. why not go over to Dr. Daniels? And so that's what I don't, I don't get. Then, then you may say, you know what? Me and my wife had a rough Month mm-hmm. and we said, you know what? Let's get back to what we used to do. Mm-hmm. Go out and have fun. They have no re- They have no idea of what reason you have to be in the club in the first place, right? right? So, but you, but we as people tend to assume things mm-hmm. and then speak
1: it as if it's fact Absolutely. to other people, right? Absolutely. And you know, and if you really uh, again criticism, haterism. I don't know if you remember uh, in the movie Soul Food you remember the movie Soul Food Mm -hmm. remember when the movie uh, in the initial part of the movie they're at a wedding Mm -hmm. okay they're at this wedding and uh, Neil Long's husband who is just in the movie who recently got out of jail he's dancing but he's dancing with this Hoochie Mama right and, and 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 Neil Long's uh, uh, sisters, they would run to the bathroom and get her and say, "You better come out here right, girl, and check right. your man." Right. Okay. Now, Big Mama, who could have did the same thing, she didn't do it that way. Big Mama went and cut in right. between the hoochie mama and the, right. the man and just started dancing with the man. Right? right. Because she was saying, basically, what she's saying is, "Hey, boy, you at a wedding." This is your, 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 your new bride is in the bathroom. Right. You ain't got no business out here dancing with this hoochie mama. Right. So she did not hate. She made it work better because she said, let me just move in and do what I got right. to do to, 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 to bring this thing back to where it ought to be. See, but the haters went in there in the bathroom and said, hey, listen, girl, right. let's go out there and let's go outside this woman's head. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And so that's why I'm saying the difference between criticism and haterism is Big Mama criticized it without opening her mouth. She still let him know, you're wrong for dancing with this mama. so right. I'm going to dance with you. Right. The haters saying, let's go fight. <laughs> right. And you know, and the
0: crazy thing about that is I've been in situations to where I've seen other guys doing the same thing. They, You know, they're out with the guys, mm-hmm. but they don't see the wife's girlfriends that ain't with the wife. The wife's not there, mm-hmm. but they're looking at him like, "Hey, man, you need to chill out. Mm-hmm. You know, you pull mm-hmm. him to the side." Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we get to the point where even your old homeboys is just like, "You know, you out with us? Who cares?" Right. right? But then right. you got to go home and deal with that, mm-hmm. and you best believe the story that your wife is going to hear. When it's not going to be how things really went right, down. It's going right. to be, you know, uh, Bernie Mac would say 100 on 10.
1: That's right. You know, yeah.
0: so you know, so it's it's. I don't understand why people do that. Well, I, well, I used to know until right. you, a couple <laughs> episodes ago.
1: You told me it was born in us. Now it's like you know what? It's just it, it is what it is. It's innate, right? It's it's innate. You know, and 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 like you say, the Bible says we are born in sin. And we are shaped by iniquity. In other words, the Bible is saying that a part of our um, existence, our surroundings, our environment is such that it 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 leads us to enjoy chaos, right. even though we say we don't. That that's not necessarily true. We 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 like chaos. We just don't like it in our own personal life, right? but we like chaos. You know, if if a good argument break out, as long as it ain't you, we want to hear it. Right. That's right. right. We want to hear it. If some mess going on, as long as not in my life, I want to know about it. If it's some good gossip, then fill me in as long as it ain't about me. Right. You know, we we really do like that chaos. And, And so a part of it is liking the chaos and a part of it is, I just don't like you to be happier than I am, yeah, and I think see I, I can deal with the I just you know want to have make some chaos happen in your life that part see I can work with because I don't view that as being malicious, that's just you trying to have fun at my expense, right <laughs> right <laughs> what what bothers me is those haters that do it, they hate uh because. They are trying to tear you down, yeah you know that that jealous kind of hatred you know that that uh you know you should not have what you have or you know kind kind of thing Listen, if I'm leading somebody astray and you come and tell me I'm leading somebody astray, I don't view you as a hater. I view you as trying to benefit the people that you think I may have been leading astray, right. But if I'm just successful in what I'm doing and now you start to condemn me and do these kind of things now to me, see, that's a hater. Because if what I'm doing does not negatively impact you, why are you even worried about it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the
0: the next the next phase of this. I want to talk about is um, haters anonymous, (laughs) which is how do you recognize that you could be a hater yourself, mm-hmm. and then what you can do about it—that's
1: a that that's a that's a that's that's a delicate one right there, because most people don't like to admit they are haters. Right, you know what I'm saying? And so even if we give them a way to look at it, they're going to hate and say he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. still hate on the information. Yeah, for information. <laughs> right. You know, it is it, 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 to me, it's, it's kind of straightforward. If my response to anybody's success is to try to invalidate how they got their success, I am a hater. Right. You know, so, for example, let's say I'm, 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 I work and, and uh, I, I, I'm a good worker, you know, and, and you're OK worker and you get promoted and so when you get promoted, you know, my reasoning for thinking you got promoted over me is that either we would call you a brown noser, mm. you know, or uh, if you are a female, you want to slip with the male boss. Right. Right. That's right. Then that makes me a hater. You know, so straight up, I'm a hater, because if I'm trying to invalidate your success just because I think I should have been the one succeeded, that's hating. Right. Because, you know, you never know. Why a person selected the other person, right? And I'll right. give you a classic example. Generally speaking, I, when I first became a manager, you know, I first became a manager, you know, um, we people were still using typewriters. It's been a while back, right? I mean, we st- <laughs> we we had computers, but for the most part, people still use typewriters, right? Okay. Now, when I was um, in the, in the fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher made the mistake of telling me that Benjamin Franklin was a poor speller. So when she told me that Benjamin Franklin was a poor speller, first thing that hit my mind was, well, why do I need <laughs> to be a good speller? Right. If Ben Franklin was a poor speller, then I want to be like Ben. So from that point on, I stopped trying to learn how to spell words. Mm. Just cut it out. Okay. Now. Move on up. Years later, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a new manager and I'm hiring a secretary. I gave him a spelling test. OK, that, that, make sure to cover your uh, cover my weakness. Right. See, I was hiring somebody to cover my weakness, which means the person that got the job was not the most educated person. They were not the best typist. They certainly didn't have the, the best experience, you know, as being a secretary. Right. And so there were haters. He'd hired her because she's cute. Right. Had nothing to do with it. You know, it was a young girl. Number one, it was a young girl. Right. And I, young, very, too young for me to be thinking about. It had nothing to do with that. I hired her because she passed the spelling test. <laughs> okay. Right. So, but they was hating on her. Right. And, but see, you don't know why a person selects another person. Right. So rather than hate on the person, why? They didn't select themselves for the job. Why right. get mad at them? Right. They apply for the job just like just you like did. Just like you apply for the job. Why accuse them of stuff? Right. You know, and a similar thing happened, happened to me. Um, uh, I, I was relatively young when I first became manager, you know, manager. And, and when I became a senior manager, I was still relatively young, you know, as government employees go. And I was accused of everything under the sun, not just, you know, as what I did to get promoted. Right. Now, I did none of it. You know, as a matter of fact, I'll give you an example. For one of my promotions I got, first it was a temporary promotion. And so the gentleman that had the authority to make the promotion permanent, uh, he knew I was a minister. So he would send his son to me. Talk to me. Right. I mean, I said, yes, of course. You know, I talked to him. And so when I heard he was going to retire, I go to his office and I say to him, you know, I won't call his name, but I said, sir, I'm saying you're going to retire. He said, yeah. I said, well, can you give me a going away gift? And he looked at me and smiled and said, normally it's the other way around, isn't it? (laughs) And I said, yes. He said, well, what do you want? I said, can you make this promotion permanent before you leave? And he looked at me and smiled and said, hmm. You're the first person to ever asked me something like that. But since I am leaving, I'll do it. He made it permanent. People assumed it was someone else responsible for my promotion. Right. They didn't know I went all the way up to the director to get it. See, they assumed it was my supervisor that gave it to me. But it wasn't my supervisor. It was the director. And so they hated, it. Right. And they said all kinds of things about why I got the promotion. Even one of my best friends put out rumors as to why I got the promotion. OK, because they didn't know what I had done. Right. Right. But e- why? But why? Even if you disparage my name, that doesn't give you the promotion. Right. It doesn't. It changes nothing. I'm still promoted. Right. Now, people may not like me, but I'm still getting the money. <laughs> right. You know. Right. So but that's, that's those are supposedly one of my close friends that disparaged my name. Yeah. And they had no idea how I got a promotion. And but that's how I got it. You know, and um,
0: the comedian Sinbad talks uh, uh, talks about that and about how certain comedians hate on other comedians. Mm -hmm. But he's like, he's never been that way because it's like, hey, man, it was his time. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you could have 20 years in the game and then somebody come along, some young guy come along and they pick him. Right. He said, I'm not going to go out and hate on him and say he's not funny. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, he got on. And he's gonna ride a little wave because why would I hate on him mm-hmm. when he's getting what I want to get as well? Right. And if he can help me get in there, why would I hate on him? It's, right. it, it makes no sense, right? But once again, with Sinbad, he's got what 30 years experience, mm-hmm. to, you know, under mm-hmm. his belt to get there. It was funny, uh, Dr. Dan's, and um, and now that I'm 40, I'm mm-hmm. telling other kids <laughs> at 20. <laughs> what people at 40 was telling me when I was 20. Right. It's like, when is when are the generations going to say, you know what, I need to actually pay attention to what the elders, and I'm not even an elder, mm-hmm. is saying, Gosh. you know, so we can yeah. actually and get it, internalize it, and then make the next generation be better than the previous one. It's, it's a difficult
1: proposition. You know, I rem, it's been a while back. Uh, I, I was at a, a a comedy show at Chrysler Hall, at Chrysler Hall, at Hampton Coliseum, mm-hmm. and uh, Jamie Foxx happened. He young, at that time, young comedian. You know, Jamie Fox uh, had, had, didn't have the stardom he has now. Right. But Jamie Foxx says something. He said, uh, he said, uh, "Don't hate the player, hate the game." Right. Right. Don't hate the player, hate the game. And, and I think, see, that's a part of our problems. We hate the player, but not the game. Mm-hmm. What we need to understand is, wait a minute, what are the rules to the game? See, we'll get mad because we don't know the rules, mm-hmm. and so therefore, we don't win. Right. Learn the game. Mm -hmm. Learn the rules. Then you can become successful. See, the people that are successful, usually what they do is they learn how to play the game. Right. We get mad because they play the game. You know, like, for example, I tell people all the time, your job as an employee is to make your supervisor happy. That's why that person hired you. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason they hired you to make this them happy. Happy now we will get the job, and we will think that 's not what we ought to do right matter of fact, we'll get mad at our managers mm-hmm. you know i 'm doing what i 'm supposed to do right well no you 're not because i 'm not happy with you right, so you 're not doing it well, Who am I going to promote i 'm going to promote the person that knows how to play the game see here 's the game, make your employer happy right that 's what I did. I figured that out early in my career. That my job was not to sit there and look at my position description and say, this is all I'm going to do. Right. My job was not to show up on, on the, you know, if, I, if my hours were eight to four 30, my job was not to show up at eight and leave at four 30. Right. My job was to make my supervisor happy. See, I played the game. Other people was trying to play by their own set of rules. I didn't care what the personnel manual said. Because right. I knew the personnel manual does not promote me. Right. The manager does. So I always came to work early and I always came to work early and went straight to my manager's office and say, good morning. How are you doing? Is there anything special you need from me today? Right. You know, and, in, you know, sometimes it would be and sometimes it wouldn't be. And when I went home, I either buzz my manager and say, I just want you to know I'm going to leave. Before I go, is there anything you need? Or I would go to the office and ask them the same question. People say, I'm sick of this brown-nosing guy. Every time promotion came up, I got promoted. Now, the deal is simple. I knew how to play the game. Right. And I was playing by the right set of rules. So that's why I'm saying to anybody, uh, rather than hating on the other person that also knows how to play the game, learn how to play the game. And that way, you can get promoted, too. Right. So you can't win at football playing by baseball rules. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. You can't win at basketball playing by hockey rules. You got to learn the rules to the game. If you do that, you will progress. But we get mad at the person who's playing by the rules. Right. And and let's let's take this um,
0: on a parallel track. People also get mad at pastors that are successful for playing – by the rules. By the rules, m-
1: most definitely. <laughs> and, and, and absolutely. And let me tell you, I don't because I understand the rules. Right. <laughs> now, right, right. And I, now, and I understand what success means. See, I can be successful in one of two ways. And, and an old pastor told me this, he was no longer with us. He said, I know how to excite people. He said, if I want to fill the church up, that's what I'll do every Sunday. Right. I will excite the people every Sunday and the church will fill up. He said, but that's not my role. My job is to make you live a better life, not to just get you excited. OK, now, so there are two set of rules. Do I want to fill a church up? Or do I want to change people's lives? Mm. Now, some pastors are, are are savvy enough to do both. Right. Right. And then some, if you listen to their messages, they can have a 3,000-member average congregation. But what you hear is mostly about how you can be more prosperous financially. Right. Not how you can connect more with the creator. Right. Right? Okay. But they figured out what? If I want to have a big congregation, these are the rules I'm going to play by. Right. I ain't mad at them because if that's what I want, that's what I need to do. But I have made another decision and my decision is, no, that's not my rules. I'm going to go by the Bible. I'm going strictly by the Bible. Right. And I believe that going by the Bible, our church has obtained success. And we're not the largest church by no means. However... We have a great impact on the community that we serve. And that's what's key to me, that we connect with that community. You know, we feed the hungry. You know, we we have programs for for, um, for the for the children before and after school. We have summer camp for the kids where we, you know, we have a lot of things going on with them. Uh we have a STEM, you know, STEM programs, you know, mm-hmm. for the kids. We give out over 1200 book bags during the um, you know, full school full of school supplies in the fall. And not because we have a lot of money, right. but because that's what I, my role as. Now, most of the people that come to our events are not members of the church. Right. But that doesn't bother me. That's just the way life is. But so I'm just saying, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad at those other pastors that's, that's got 1,500, 2,000 know, people in their church. And I'm not thinking to themselves, wait a minute, this guy's only 35 years old. Never went to seminary. Right. You know, I got my PhD. I got my doctor's degree and, and I can't get but 200 folk to come to church. I'm not mad at this guy for doing that because right. I know what, hey, if don't, I'm not going to the player, Right. And if, if I want to have that, I better just learn how to play the game. Right. You know. So,
0: it, let us get back to the game. And you make a very good point of being a good employee, mm-hmm. right? And and I own a business, and I tell my uh, staff, you know, I said that my business has a license, and then that license is in my name. Mm-hmm. I provide a service, and I obviously cannot do all the services, so I employ you to work for me right. to provide the service. Right. So, but when you do something wrong, it's actually my responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, to get people to understand, it's like, yeah, you are here to help me. Right. You know, and and what was funny in the in the management meetings, because when we had the management meetings, I would ask you, said so, there anything you need me mm-hmm.
1: to do to help
0: you. Because right. I understood like mm-hmm. what my role is like, I'm here to help you in any way you need done, sure. is let me know. So, but why do people not get it? I just I, I don't understand that how a person could be at home broke frustrated at life and have all these solutions around. You got the Bible and, and outside of the Bible, mm-hmm. you got countless motivational books out there, mm-hmm. speakers, everybody's saying the same thing, maybe in a different way. Right. Why is it not sinking in? And even, even with God's grace nudging them, mm-hmm. why is it not sinking in? So, Hey, you know what? I just need to do,
1: this. And it's such a simple solution. It, it is always simple. Um, let me let me use this analogy, if you will. Uh, most people, let's say if you if you buy something from the store. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, well, let me back up for a second. Let me use for something that happened to me yesterday. Uh, yesterday, we had a cookout at my house and uh, my wife says to one of my nephews, can you put the volleyball net up? Okay, so he gets the the box and he gets the stuff and he takes it out of the box and he tries to put the volleyball net up. Now, you can't play volleyball on that net because it is leaning to one side and Mm -hmm. the ball hit the net, the net's gonna fall. Right and it wasn't because it wasn't anchored properly. Now, what I find is that many people, reason, the reason for that is he tried to put the net up by looking at the material rather than reading the instruction. Right. Most people treat life that way. They think that without, that they can live a productive life without reading the instructions for mm. life. They just want to look at somebody else's life and right. assume that looking at your life, I can have what you have. That ain't true because you don't know what I did to get what I have. Right. OK. People don't like reading instructions. So their volleyball nets are leaning and about to fall. <laughs> okay, right. And I think that's it, that no one wants to take the time to figure out or to understand what are the rules for the game that I'm trying to play? What are the rules? They don't. They assume they know the rules or they look at other people and say, OK, that's the rules. No, because the person will never necessarily reveal to you without you asking them what all the rules are. And, and, and the same thing applies in marriage. It really is in any relationship, you know, and, and um, there, are, there are people that I can tell you That hate a happy marriage. They are so jealous if you have a happy marriage that they will do whatever they can do to break your marriage up. Yeah. Because they are miserable in their own relationships. Now, in their minds, they don't think that's what they're doing. Right. But that's what they are really doing. Okay. When they can have a happy marriage, just like you have a happy marriage, all they got to do is say, you know what? The person I'm married to is my supervisor. So let me make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what they do. Right. Right. Their decision is, uh-uh, you can't tell me what to do, which is the same thing an employer would t- employee would tell an employer, wait a minute, I'm doing what's in the position description. Right. Why I got to do all this other stuff? Right. <laughs> because that's what I hired you for. <laughs> Right, and <laughs> it was crazy, and it makes
0: perfect makes perfect sense in a, in a marriage. That if you went into the marriage it, on each side as an employee, trying to make the other person happy, you are not going to have. A bad marriage, yeah. for sure. But the number of the the law of averages was going because if you keep trying, mm-hmm. you're going to eventually do some things the right way, and then you're going to learn. Okay, oh, this is how this
1: person likes to be treated, right? But but because we don't want to study the rules of the game, and and I I, I mean I really I'm telling you, um, and I hope that women don't get mad at me for saying this, but women are extremely jealous of their girlfriends that have good marriages and they will say things, they will do things, they will point out things to help destroy the trust, you know? And I'll give you an example. Let's say for the sake of argument, like we, we all, we join the church, right? Now you can have a great marriage, right? And you can be sitting down. And the person beside you who is not married, you know, female, could just speak to you. Hey, How are you doing today? Well, thing you're going to do is, I'm doing fine. You're going to talk back to him. I'm doing great. Right. Nothing's going on. I'm, I'm doing great. Now, a friend of your wife will see that and tell your wife, hey, you better watch him. Right. You better watch him because they're trying to get him. Now. How do that person know somebody's trying to get you? Right. They don't know. It is because of their own misery that they, you know, project that on other folk. Right. See, because here's what that woman knows. If they put doubt into that other woman's head, it doesn't make her feel good. Right. So why put the doubt in her head? why not let her be happy with her husband? Right. It's almost like they don't want you to be happy with your husband. And so, just because you're not happy with your husband, you don't want, you know, be happy with your husband. You know, and and in their mind, like you said, how do you know you're hating? Because why are you doing it in the first place? Right. How are you helping the situation? No, they had a perfectly fine marriage till you open your mouth. <laughs> right. You know, and, and that's that hater, hater, hater thing. And, and, it, and it makes no sense because if you cause some mess in my marriage, it doesn't make your marriage better. Right.
0: So now once we've recognized that, that we are a
1: hater, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. what can we do to turn it around? Well, I think it's the simple thing that your mama taught you. When you was a little kid, here's what they would say. If you don't have something good to say, don't say say nothing at all. (laughs) You you know, it's just that straightforward. You don't say nothing at all. If I'm not asking you for the information, why are you telling me? Yeah. You know, if what you're telling me won't really help me, why are you telling me? See, you know, let's use that same situation, right? Let's say I really did think the woman beside you was trying to date you. There are two ways I can handle it. I can make you think your husband is in the wrong. So now you're mad at him. Mm -hmm. I can make you think the other woman is in the wrong. So now you're mad at her. Or I can just try to convince you to come to church and sit beside your husband. Right. Which is big mama dancing with the guy. Right. See, (laughs) see, see, that's the way to do it. Not, not to try to make a villain out of somebody. Right. That's that hateration coming out. But why don't I just talk to your spouse and say, hey, listen, you know what? Church was great today. You miss, you miss a great deal. I saw your husband there and everybody was having a good time. I'm going to tell you, I know it make him feel so much better if his wife was there sitting beside him praising the Lord together. You know, if I give her some positive to get her to come and sit beside you, then that'll take care of the whole situation. And nobody was the villain and everybody worked out great. But as we said earlier, we like the chaos Mm -hmm. because we like that hateration going. We say we don't, but we do. We do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I I remember I was following this um, following this person on Instagram and I find myself every post when I'm just complaining, I'm like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? He don't listen to nobody. I said, you know what? But I'm volunteering for this. (laughs) Because he didn't ask me to follow him on the thing. So I said, you know what? Let me unfollow. Right. right. And next thing you know, it was peaceful going through it's Like, people actually do this. They Mm -hmm. will follow someone that they generally don't like what they're doing or how they're doing it, but unless you're going to go talk to them and say something and help them do it the right way,
1: then why are you continually to follow them? And I'll take it a step further. If they're not negatively impacting you, right. why is it even an issue? And if you don't know they're negatively impacting someone, let's say, again, let's say I know that they're negatively impacting someone else that I care about. Rather than me hating on them, why don't I just try to help the person that they're negatively impacting? Because just because I think you're wrong don't mean you're wrong. Right. That's correct. You know, and even if you are wrong, the question is, do you have a right to be wrong? Yes, you do. Right. So you <laughs> see. So so what, what made me think I'm the wrong police that I'm right. supposed to correct everybody and say, "Hey, you can't say this and you can't say that." No. See that. That's what I'm saying. That's when. That's when. guys when this criticism becomes hater, hater. Haterism. That's when it becomes haterism. Right. When I'm doing something that has no impact on me, but yet I feel compelled to jump in the middle of it anyway. Right. No. Step back. Go to the person that you care about that's being impacted negatively and try to help them understand, you know, not in a negative way, but try to help them understand what's the better way to do something. And then let them use their own better judgment, you know, and that way I'm not doubting someone. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, when um, uh, becoming a Muslim was a in thing in the, in the 70s. I remember in the 70s when being a Muslim was in, not because of religion, but because of black power. Right. You know, so therefore, if we just loved the, the way they were, the way they carried themselves. And, you know, it was like, they, I mean, that's black. That's black right there. Yeah. Right. You know, and so, um, I, I grew up in a Christian household. And, um, and, and, and the um, one of the uh, local uh, mosque leaders came, even we had a, a cultural day at school, and one of the mosque leaders came to school and was talking to us. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to be a Muslim. I'm going to be a Muslim, right on, right on. Right. And, and I go home, and uh, my father, whom I think he had very little education, was an extremely wise man, in, in my opinion. He never put the Muslims down. Never. He said nothing negative about the Muslim faith. All he did was remind me of what the Christian faith had done for him. That's all he did. Yeah. And then he just said, it's always your decision. Right. But I'm just telling you, if it brought you this far, ask yourself, why do you really want to become a Muslim? Right. You know, and when it it dawned on me, I really don't need to be a Muslim, but I'm gonna just change the way I dress. So I look like I'm a Muslim. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to eat a bean bag once in a while right.
0: is, and then <laughs> the, the other crazy thing is is that you don't the things that the people are changing to be Muslim mm-hmm <laughs> I didn't want I didn't want to do anyway. (laughs) You can still do it as a Christian. So it's like, why you why you flipping to the
1: But but, but the thing is, I didn't want to be a (laughs) true Muslim (laughs) anyway. (laughs) I didn't want to give up some stuff, you know what I mean? So but you're right. So but he didn't put him down. That's the thing I'm saying. He did not hate on being a Muslim. Right. He just reminded me of the positive things about being a Christian. And so and he could have hated on him, but he didn't. And and that's what that's kind of taught me some things is that, you know, if I want to correct somebody, I don't have to hate on what they're right. dealing with. I can just remind them of the positive things of where they are. Because right. the person who I'm hating on isn't necessarily wrong. Right. It's just not the way I see it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've, talked, I've been talking to people here recently about that, uh, about the positive things like you can get wrapped up in always talking about somebody in a negative way or things that they did that was negative but it's mm-hmm. like what did they do that was positive if they're still nah. your friend apparently they're doing something that's positive Absolutely. so why are you not coming to me to tell me about what happen to them. Mm-hmm. Like, how often do we hear about, you know, Jane down the street got a promotion and she's doing real well, or they put a mm-hmm. new pool in the backyard. If you mm-hmm. normally would you hear, you, have, you know they had the nerve to put a new pool in the mm-hmm. backyard. No, they can't afford and it. And they can't <laughs> afford it. <laughs> and, and, and it don't make your, your, the property value grow right. up in the house anyway, so right. why would you
1: even put a pool back there? Right. And they owe me $15 now. Right. And they, didn't, <laughs> they haven't even paid me back yet. Right. <laughs>
0: Versus just saying, hey, they've been blessed with a new pool to so out a promotion. We don't ever go and spread like positive, positive things about
1: li- people, lifting people up. You, you, you're right. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and to me, it boils down to jealousy. You know, and that's why, again, I use those three instances from the Bible. Is that, you know, and, and here's what, you know, when it was especially if you look at the first instance of Cain and Abel and, and here's what uh, Heavenly Father said to Cain. He said, uh, if you do well, will not you be accepted? But if you do bad, sin lieth at the door. So he was basically saying that haterism is a sin, you know, mm-hmm. that if, if you did something that pleased me, wouldn't I have lifted you up to Mm -hmm. And if you didn't please me, why are you mad at your brother? Because he did. Right. Your brother isn't the one that is displeased with you. I am. Right. So he said, so if you, if you do uh, start hating, what you have done is you have put yourself in a position to, to be a sinner. Because his point being is that I will not experience, I, I cannot become a hater without sinning. Because what that will mean is my actions from that point on, will end up seeing life at the door, meaning that my actions at that point will lead me to sin. Like you said earlier, I will lie on you now, mm-hmm. you know? So lying life at the door, because after a while I'm gonna tell a lie to discredit you, right? you know, or I, I, am, I am going to talk about you in a negative way. You know, I am going to do something to actually harm you in, in, a, in a certain way, because I am trying to bring you down. And, and so, uh, it, it, it is it's that it's that it's that jealousy uh, of, of the acceptance issue uh, when we we misplace it. It is that jealousy that we think someone is rising above us, mm-hmm. uh, as if they don't have a right to rise above us, as as if somehow we we should always be the first and foremost and and the best, and and that like you said, we don't congratulate, right? Because we don't congratulate people who get promotions, you know, above us. You know, we we try to figure out what they did to get it. Right. You know, rather than just, I'm so glad you got a promotion. See, I'm happy for people to get stuff done. Uh, You know, let me flip the switch for a minute. There's another story in the Bible, and I got to bring it back to the Bible because that's my source of inspiration and and, and whatever. There's another instance in the Bible where where there's this woman whose daughter um, is, is sick and she seeks help from Jesus. Okay. And, 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 and in seeking help from Jesus, Jesus questions her and said, why should I help you? Why should I, why should I help you when there are others that I'm closer to that I should help? Mm-hmm. And then the woman says, you know, so he uses he uses the term, And calls her a dog, basically. He says, Mm -hmm. because we consider you all to be like dogs. And she said, True, Lord, I am a dog. But even the dog eats the scraps that fall from the master's table. (laughs) So she Mm -hmm. says, Yeah, okay, go ahead and take care of those folk, but then drop me some crumbs on the floor like you would do a dog. Okay, she is a prime example of how to deal with a hater. (laughs) Right. Right. Because she said nothing negative. She said everything you seen about me is right. But I still need you. <laughs> right. I still need you. I still need your help. So help me anyway. And Jesus said, you know, I've never found anybody with this kind of faith. And of course, you know, he responded to her and he healed her. And, and the point I'm getting is this, is that she was not saying, well, the people you are helping, you know, I'm jealous of them because of their success. No, she was acknowledging, yes, they, they are higher up in the structure than I am. Yeah, right. they are better than I am. Right. But okay, I'm still a human being. I still need help. And I'm saying the same thing. You know, your house is bigger than my house. Okay, it just is. Right. And I'm older than you. I'm just as proud of you as I can be. I'm just so happy that you have what you have. Right. I'm not thinking, well, uh, you know, I don't know why. You got this, you got that. No. Matter of fact, I'm hoping you get a house double this side. I'm going to be right. more proud of, you know, because right. I want to see you succeed. Because I know, guess what? The more you get, what? I'm going to get some of the crumbs to fall from the table. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're going you gonna to throw a cookout. Right. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's right. You're going to celebrate. And you're going to, come on over and get one of these steaks. I, you know, right. to me, that's how we should do people. Because the more I celebrate your success, the more you will, I will benefit from your success. Right. So if I hate on your success, be proud of your success. And even if you give me nothing, so, you know, it's not like you owe me anything, right. but I still should be proud of your success because it takes nothing away from my success to be upset with your success. But there is a likelihood that if I'm proud of your success, I benefit. Because you're going to like the idea of me always... Picking you up Right
0: And the first And then what's funny Is the first person You're gonna think about When you get on Mm. Is the person Who was there Lifting you up That's right And that's why I tell people It's like I tell people look go out and go conquer your dreams I try to get people to do it because what if somebody is uh, Elon Musk mm-hmm. or or the next Steve Jobs mm-hmm. and you and 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 they've heard all these negative things for the people they family and they friends and I come along and encourage them mm-hmm. and then 10 years down the road they mention my name at a press conference mm-hmm. please find C.B. Baker right. and tell him to meet me at such and such I'll be right That's there right. you know right. You
1: know, but, or they're going to refer somebody uh, to you. Right. Because somebody's going to interview them and say, Well, what made you think you could do it? Right. And they're going to say, Well, you know what? I was talking to C.B. Baker and, you know, that, that, that turned my life around. Right. You know what everybody else is going to do then? They're going to call C.B. up. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. All right. What's interesting, and this
0: is, this is no uh, Russian secret. I'm a Mason. I'm a third, second degree Mason. Mm-hmm. I had a phone call from a, a guy um, that is being elevated to 33rd degree mm-hmm. Mason, which is the highest level you can go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the interesting thing is, I, well, he didn't call me. I heard about it. hmm And I immediately dropped what I was doing and called him on the phone. I hadn't talked to him in months Mm -hmm. and called him on the phone to to congratulate him on what was happening. Those type things is what people need to do. Like Mm -hmm. if you hear... You know, from the little birds chirping, mm-hmm. something positive, pick up the phone, mm-hmm. Call. don't text them, right. call them call so them. they can hear your voice and, mm-hmm. and hear how proud you are of them of doing something that's great. Right. You know, we, we're in graduation season. It's like we see all these kids graduate from high school and then and some of them go on to college. We may show up to the graduation of college, mm-hmm. but it seems like after that. Pastor, That's it,
1: right? Yeah, you know, it's
0: like okay, you're grown now, so we we ain't worried about you. We ain't congratulating you on nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have a housewarming gift. We may show up to your wedding, mm-hmm. and I'm saying may because right. you, you know, you know how things go. Right. I don't. So we just got to get back to that. Uh, um, love grows here, like yeah. loving people mm-hmm. and being proud of them and then showing
1: it. Absolutely. You know, I I, I just am a firm believer. It doesn't take a whole lot to praise people. It just doesn't take a lot to praise (laughs) people. And and so for me, um, my basic thought process is I'm never going to down you for your success. Never. You know, let me tell you, as much as I um, am uncomfortable with uh, Donald Trump as president, I'm not going to hate on him for his success. You know, because uh, I can appreciate that. You know what? Anybody can't be the president. Right. And, and and he's the president. So I don't like his policies. There are a lot of things I don't like about him. But I'm not going to hate on him because of his success. Because, hey, it worked. It worked. He right. is the president. Uh, I, I wasn't all that crazy about uh, uh, George Bush II. You know, and there are people that said things like, well, he, he, he's not smart at all. Like that, people say Donald Trump is smart. Smart, and I say to them, "Oh no, he is smart. He right. may not be what you want him to be, Right. but he's smart enough to become the president. And that makes, makes him smarter than all of us because we can't be—we're not the president. Right. That made him smarter than Hillary Clinton because she didn't become president. It made him smarter than John McCain. It made him smarter than all of you that didn't, you know, become president. So to say, e- even if he was only smart enough to surround himself. We're smart people. There you go. He was smart enough to do that. So, you know, I can't get mad and say, well, you know, he's the dumbest president we ever had. No, he's not the dumbest president we ever had. He may be unorthodox. I may not understand his decisions. Right. That don't make him dumb. Right. And that don't make him stupid. All that means is I don't understand him. And so to me, I guess my point is that because hating wouldn't help. No, Hating on him is not going to help the situation at all. Actually,
0: for his situation, which is kind of crazy, the hating is what's actually
1: propelling him. It propels them, absolutely. <laughs> and so to me, the thing to do, and, and, and I think to, to any, any situation I'm in, to me, it makes no sense for me to hate on you because I don't understand you mm-hmm. or those kind of things. You know, my thing should be that... I'm going to congratulate success because you are successful. You know, with my friends, you know, my family members, um, I'm not mad at you for being successful. Even, even if in my heart of hearts, I think you didn't deserve the success. Because there are some times when people are successful for doing what I think is the wrong thing. Like, for example, if you use some dependents that are not yours, <laughs> You know, and you get some extra money from the IRS. Right. You did the wrong thing, but you were successful in getting that big return back. I ain't mad at you, Right. you know. Now I, I, I'm happy for you. I will remind you that <laughs> you know you might get caught and get in trouble, right? But I'm not mad, and I'm not gonna say I'm. You know, uh, I'm not. Oh, you you always just cheat. That's why you could. That's why you had a down payment for your car because you always lying on this and lying on that. No, I'm not gonna go through that with you because hey, you know Or was they just playing a the game. They, they they knew how to play the game. <laughs> now I'm just afraid to play the game, <laughs> right? You know and. If I'm afraid to play it, that's life. That is what it is. Uh of course, I am you know, won't take it into the extreme, but right. what I'm just saying is that I'm not mad at you. And I think that all of us at some times have been guilty of hating. And I think all of us need to sit back and assess ourselves and say, you know, why am I upset with your success? Why am I upset with you because you don't do it the way I would have done it? And why don't I just... Stop that and just either congratulate, get on board, or just move on with my life. Right. <laughs> well said. Well, our time is up. I
0: thank y'all so much for joining us for another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This topic has been wonderful. I, I, I do believe this is going to get a lot of play. So, is anything else you like just mention before we close out? No, the game is great.
1: Even though I'm not sure when people are going to listen to this, but for those uh, fathers, if you're listening close to Father's Day, let me say, I wish you, uh, hope you had a wonderful father's, father's Day.
0: Yes, I, I know I did. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for joining us. This is Joe CD Baker. Till next time.